Hello and you're listening to the Deep in the Cricket podcast, episode number 23. I'm Addy in the UK and Carpet over in Australia and we're delighted to bring you another episode. Yeah, today's episode is basically the T20 World Cup, so enjoy. Let's begin with the Super 8, which was the round one where they decided who were going to be the four teams to join the current top eight in the rankings. In Group A, we had Sri Lanka, Namibia, Ireland and Netherlands, and they finished in that order. Sri Lanka started with a clean slate, uh, three out of three. They crushed Namibia, who crumbled to 96, uh, spinner Thikshana with three wickets. Hasaranga made an encouraging 71, helping Sri Lanka recover from eight to three to 71 for seven. Thikshana continued to impress with three for 17. In their final outing, they showed us why they shouldn't have been relegated to the qualifiers. They steamrolled the Netherlands for 44. 3 for 7 for the wheels of Lahiru Kumara and 3 for 9 for the high quality Hasaranga. After a big loss in their first game for Namibia, they won a thriller against the Netherlands. Chasing 164, the double countryman David Riesa came to the party uh, with 6-6 not out off 40 balls to take them home with just 6 balls to spare. And in their final must win game, they held their nerve to knock out one of the favourites in their group in Ireland and they got through their first ever T20 World Cup. Ireland's top order they got starts but no one converted as they finished with just 125. Namibia's captain Erasmus played the knock of his life for the 50 and David Beasley used his levers to get the job done in dramatic style as Namibia crashed into the party and made it to their first ever T20 World Cup. Um, just on David Weiser, he plays for South Africa as his other nationality? Yeah, and that's why I call him uh, the double the countryman. Country. Yeah, um, but how... So, he played for... Why is he not playing for South Africa right now instead so, of... Yeah, so, uh, if I'll give you an example. So, you know, um, Morning Morkel, because, because he's yep. been living in Australia, I think, since 2018, if he really wants to, uh, I believe he can play for Australia in 2023. Um... Yeah, but I know that, but mm. why is Wieser not playing um, in the South Africa squad right now? Good He's... question. Maybe that's our DR of the week for next time. We'll investigate it next time. So, Why is David Wieser not playing? There you go. It's in the notes. That's the first time I've ever typed on a podcast. Uh, why is David Wieser not playing? Um, okay, well, next team, Karthik. Ireland won one easily against... The Netherlands with Curtis Camphor picking a double hat trick, four in four, third after T20 legends Rashid Khan and Malinga. They lost to Sri Lanka and eventually Namibia. The youngsters of Josh Diddle, Mark Adair, and Curtis Camphor were the bright lights of the sh- of their short run campaign. And the Netherlands, they couldn't really trouble the scores. They had three losses, and it's unfortunate because they had some experienced, uh, good players in their team, but. Yeah, three losses in their three matches. Group B was Scotland, Bangladesh, Oman and Papua New Guinea. Uh, you'd say that there were slightly more clear favourites in this group with Scotland and Bangladesh, but hey, a qualification pathway is a qualification pathway and we'll see what happened in this group. Scotland got a shock win against Bangladesh, uh, Greaves only substantial batter in their first innings of 140, but the pace of Brad Wheel and the leggies of Greaves prevailed as Scotland stole a six-run victory. Continuing that, perform- continuing that performance, they followed it with a 17-run victory versus PNG. Barrington drove Scotland to 165, and Josh, Josh Davies' clever bowling gifted him four wickets to complete a win. 
A slightly co closer game versus Oman. Oman made 122, which they chased down in 17 overs. Not a hammering, but they won 3 in 3. And Bangladesh, uh, Mehdi Hassan got a 3 for 19 in that Scotland game. Um, and yeah, but they still surprisingly lost it. But they came back and how? Uh, in their second game against Oman, Mohammed named the opener and uh, Shakib Al Hassan starred with uh, a name making 64 and then Shakib backing up his 42 with the bat with three wickets. A couple with the Fizz's brilliance of bagging a four wickets. Then they demolished a Papua New Guinea uh, with a captain Marmadilla shining this time with 50 and Shakib uh, uh, continued to find his form with four first. Oman kicked off the World Cup with a dream match. They kept PNG down to 129 thanks to Maksud's forfeit and then chased it down in 13 overs without losing a wicket. On the other side, PNG had a humiliating loss in the group opener. They lost to Scotland and then huffed and puffed to a 97 all out in their last game. A bit of a somber note to introduce to you the Super 12s, um, which we have the warm-ups. Uh, concurrently, I think is the word, so they happen at the same time. Uh, too much to talk about, so we're going to miss out the, uh, the warm-ups, but um, it was uh, some interesting things, but hey, the warm-ups, all we care about are the real matches. So in Group 1 is uh, England-Australia, uh, South Africa and West Indies, and then joining them from uh, uh, Super 8 is Sri Lanka and Bangladesh. So we'll talk about the matches uh, that happened yesterday first. Uh, the first one, Karthik. Yeah, Australia played against South Africa. Uh, Finch elected a bowl and their bowlers delivered, apart from Markram's 40. No one got going on the Sharjah track. Uh, we know from the IPL that it's a very slow track. It's yeah. uh, spinning and uh, it's pretty hard wicket to play on. Uh, Hazelwood did the early damage. Uh, De Kock was dismissed unlucky. Zampa got two in and over and Stark also had two apiece as they were restricted as they restricted the Proteas to just 118 for nine. Anmik Nokia sent the captain on his way for a five-ball duck and Rabada had his man in Warner after being smashed for two batches of four. South Africa slowly put a stranglehold on the scoring rate and seemed to be making a match out of the small target, supported by skillful fielding. At one point, Australia needed 36 from four, with Smith spectacularly caught by Markham, what you'd call a specky, it was a catch of the ages, and Maxwell missing a switch hit, a rarity uh, off the number one bowler in the world in Tabo Shamsi. In the end, Marcus Stornis and uh, Matthew Wade, their, their experience in this format they took it to the last over, but they got the job done. A scratchy win, but nevertheless a win. And the evening match uh, was England versus West Indies. If the day match was a match closely fought, the second match was a mirror of that. It was highly hyped as a chance for England to avenge the final, uh, albeit the two main characters from last time were not there. Um, a careless shot, poor temperament, and England accurate and varied bowling uh, all boiled up to West Indies disintegrating to 55. Chris Gale was the only one to get into double figures uh, as it was an it was just an absolute shambles. Uh, Moeen Ali started the attack with 18 dots in his four overs. Jamal Mills with his pace proved why he should have been there all along with his high pace. Uh, Dwayne Burrow sent up the order to no avail and Purin went for a painful one off nine balls. Uh, Dre West was knocked over through the gate by Rashid off his first ball and 
Adil Rashid proceeded to call the shots as he had the helpless Pollard caught at long on. Uh, McCoy went for a first ball naught and ever so close to Ravi Rampour's bat on the third ball of the over, uh, so close to a hat-trick, but he gobbled up a fourth West Indians batsman to finish with absurd figures of 4 for 2 in 2.2 overs, as West Indies left the stage after 15 overs for an abysmal, hideous batting display. They again fought to the death. They took four English batsmen with them in the form of Roy, Moeen Ali, Bairstow and Livingston, both being caught and bowled by the impressive Akil Hossein. Too little to defend as they cruised with 70 balls to spare, too many records to tell. Our West Indies have made consecutive T20 international totals of 55, 71 and 45 against England, the top three lowest T20s totals against England ever. It was the first time England won a T20 international with 10 or more overs to spare. And it's the third lowest T20 total ever in a um, in a T20 World Cup, uh, with the Netherlands are taking first and second place in that proud record. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great match. Um, if you're an England fan, you were probably uh, jumping with joy and surprised. Um, and I'll tell you that uh, their net run rate. Uh, I need to have a guess, Karthik. What's their net run rate? For England or West yeah. Indies? Yeah, well, for England. Oh. Um. Eight? It's plus 3.9. Which, <laughs> which, which is like which is like three times Chennai when I'm at the top of the table. So it's just... Yeah. Like, they they need to do West Indies to, to not qualify, basically. <laughs> um... The other two teams are in this group that could do that and could cause a surprise uh, would be Sri Lanka and Bangladesh. So they are the two teams who have uh, finished up top in round one. Um, so Sri Lanka, they've got a good mix of youth and experience in their team. They're coming off the highs in round one. Yes, they're in a tough group, um, That's but they definitely got a couple of wins in them. Uh, the pace in Dushmanta Chamira, who uh, recently hit 150 in the, um, in the first round, and Lahiru Kumara uh, will be exciting to watch. Um, looking at their preferred first eleven, it's probably going to be Nisanka and Kasar Pereira to open the batting. Uh, Asalanka, who was really impressive as far as from an Indian point of view in the uh, in the India versus Sri Lanka series. Abhishekavanda at four, Banagaraja Paksa or De Silva, depending on the pitch whether they need another spinner. And then you have the uh, the captain Shanaka at six. Uh, Ronin Duhasaranga at 7 um, and you can have Akila Dhananjaya if you need because I'm hearing that Hasaranga has a niggle and then you can have um, Chemika Karanavatne at 8 uh, Chamira at 10 Thichana who impressed um, first round and Lahu Kumara at 11 Another team in their group is uh, Bangladesh who also came up from the Super 8s Opening the batting for them uh, would be Mohammed Naim and Litton Das. At number three, Shaki Balasan. Four, Mushfiqur Rahim. Five, Mamadullah. Six, Afif Hossein. And at number seven, their wicketkeeper, Nurul Hassan. Eight, Mahedi Hassan. Nine, Mohammed Saifuddin. Ten, Taskin Ahmed. And eleven, their fast bowler who picked up four wickets in one of their opening games, Mustafiza Rahman. It's a very good side to be honest with you. I mean, they've got the 
I believe the pace of Tuscan Ahmed and um, they have the uh, the change-ups of Mustafa Zavaman and uh, Mohamed Saifuddin and they've got the experience of uh, Shakib Hassan, Rahim, uh, Mahmoudullah so look it's a it's a good mix isn't it um speaking of good mix we have a really we have we have like a world representation I think in group two we have India Pakistan uh, then we have Afghanistan from uh, from Asia then we have New Zealand from Australasia then we have uh, Namibia from Africa and we have Scotland from uh, Europe um so we'll talk about the uh, the big and obvious game later on but um Afghanistan uh, Mohammed Nabi is now the captain after Rashid Khan pulled out as I think he wasn't able to get the squad he wanted um, and their squad it's got some familiar names um, Nabi, Mohammed Shahzad, Hashmatullah Shahidi, Asghar Afghan, Gulbuddin Naib who was the captain if you remember in 2019 uh, of course Rashid and Mujib um, and yeah it's um, and they've got some good backroom staff as well with um, Andy Flower as consultant, uh, Lance Klusner as head coach and Sean Tate as bowling coach. That's some some big names, isn't it, Karthik? Yeah, they've got really good uh, cricket brains in the back, mm. and I think they'll um, they'll have a real shot at doing well and give one of the big heavyweights a run for their money. Um, moving on, the New Zealand squad. So yes, they're in pursuit of their second ICC award after beating. India at the Oval, I think it was, in the World Test Championship. It was at Southampton. Southampton, yeah, yeah because it got moved from Lords. Mm. Um, their best 11, I would say, would be Guptill and Tim Seifert up at the top, with Kane Williamson, of course, at 3, Devon Conway 4, Phillips in at 5, and the all-rounder Jimmy Neesham in at 6. At number seven, they've got a few options. They could either go with the pace of Daryl Mitchell, or depending on the ground, they could go with the spinner with the spin of Mitchell Santner. Of course, he doesn't really spin it much, but he uses the moisture off the surface yeah. and it extract anything that's there. Uh, at number eight, you could go with Ferguson or Assel, um, and nine Carl Jamieson, and ten and eleven Bolt and Sodi. Namibia. Well, well. If Namibia win one, I mean you never know. It will be it will be one of the great matches of this this year, um, maybe this decade. But it'd be quite the surprise and it'd be quite a match to watch. And finally, Scotland uh, they have uh, some talented players in their lineup and they could cause a few. I hate to use the word upset, so I'm going to use surprise wins. Um, but I think cause some heads to turn. Yeah, yeah, uh, but. I think it's pretty obvious that in this group it's probably going to be a three-way battle between uh, Pakistan, India and New Zealand for those top two spots. Now the matches that are happening today on Sunday. I don't think I need to tell you that India-Pakistan is uh, the biggest event on the career calendar. I'm sure your broadcasters have done a good job of that wherever you're listening from. Uh, but the hype aside, this should be a good game of cricket. I think. Uh, Warm-ups wise, uh, India, they've been dominant. Uh, they chased uh, successfully against the heavyweights of Australia and England with relative ease. And they really went put under the pump in any of those matches. Um, and the success of Shami and Ravi Ashwin is also encouraging. And they, they are such a good side as we spoke about last time. 
they are favourites. But Carthay, how Pakistan done? Uh, Pakistan had both sides of the coin. They had a comfortable win versus the defending champs, uh, West Indies, and then a close loss to South Africa. You can trust them to put up a fight as the recent top of the ranking side. Uh, Dubai will offer something for both teams, so enjoy the cricket. This game will be preceded by an encounter between the two most prestigious teams from the first round. It's got an unwritten rivalry as well, if you cast your minds back to the Near the Hearts Trophy uh, in 2018, all those days ago, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka are coming off the high of uh, an imperfection on Friday as they steamrolled um, uh, the Netherlands 44. Uh, at face value, it will be a good battle between uh, Sri Lanka's bowlers and Bangladesh's in-form batsmen. That's a line drawn under the T20 World Cup for now, uh, but I'm sure if you join us next time, we'll have much more cricket to talk about. Um, and let's see what happens this afternoon between India and Pakistan. Let's just make some some a prediction, something to talk about for next time. I'm going to say India are going to chase... It's going to be a 151 chase, and Kohli is going to come out with a 15 that's going to win the game. What do you think? I think it'll be... Kohli will get out for under 20 runs. Okay. I think India will bat first. They'll make 160 on the back of Rohit Sharma's 65. Okay, wow. Okay. And Jasper Bumrah will be the pick of the bowlers. Okay. Nice. Moving on with this India theme, uh, the England versus India Test Series, uh, the fifth Test match is to be held at Edgbaston. And I know what you're thinking. Uh, wasn't it supposed to be played at Old Trafford? Well, yes, but actually no. The with the Foo Fighters and Red Hot Chili Peppers, the bands uh, were due to host concerts at the Old Trafford during the available window for the India Test. The venue will host will instead host the second test against South Africa, with the India test being rescheduled to Edgbaston. In addition to this, a white ball series between England and India will now start six days later than originally planned, with Edgbaston now due to host a T20 international on July 9th instead of the ODI that had been originally planned for that date. Um. I didn't manage to get tickets for the ODI, uh, so let's see if I'm given a couple of tickets for the India match. But I believe they're going to like transfer the people who got the Test match tickets onto this one. So we'll see. Um, but it's but it's difficult because because the times are when they open it's like ten o'clock and my dad's not at home. My mum won't buy tickets because because she doesn't know like where where to buy tickets and things. And I'm at school, so it's like. It's not really fair, is it? Um, let's go down under and into some Australia cricket news. And James Pattinson, in a shock, for me at least, uh, he decided to retire from international cricket. Aged at just 31, he wants to spend more time with his family. Uh, from my point of view, um, it was a well-built, and so it's ironic that the toll uh, a fast bowling put on him, uh, injuries-wise, but he was a well-built a hard-working pacer who had that competitive feist that bodes well on the international stage. Um, you can see I'm reading it, guys, but this is uh, this is my opinion. I've actually thought about this. Uh, he's played a significant uh, contributions to Aussie cricket, uh, but he will be missed. Um, that said, Carthick, there's never a dearth of fast bowlers down under, is there? 
No, there's not. And uh, the sad thing was that he's meant to be part of that fearsome quartet of fast bowlers that Australia had at their core. But, um, you know, due to injuries, and I think he was frankly just not being picked in the sides because he was last choice out of all four fast bowlers. Mm. But, um, yeah, he came into the team really young and injuries were the story for the majority of his career. But I'm sure he'll be taking up uh, role, a role in mentoring for the upcoming fast bowlers and trying to prevent their injuries as well. Yeah. In other news, Dom Sibley pulls out of the Lions tour to improve his technique, as many players do. Uh, it's replaced by Yorkshire's young gun, Harry Brook. Sibley's career, where's it going, Addy? Um, yeah, it's... For me, last year, he was uh, their surefire opener after his performance, I believe, in the Pakistan series here. But... He's been replaced by Hamid now, um, and he's now pulled out of the Lions tour. Let's just hope that this break maybe, um, maybe helps him to prepare for the England summer here because it's a big summer. They've got a match against India, of course. They've got three more Test matches against South Africa, and I believe three more against New Zealand. The DRS of the week, which is our segment where we put under the scanner a. Um, an interesting question or controversial topic that's been a hot in the cricketing sphere. I think that's a nice description of it, actually. And what is it that we're setting up to a third empire today graphic? Yeah, how could we make the IPL better for next year? You know, it's been, uh, what, four, 13 seasons now of the IPL? 14 now. Yeah, 14 seasons of the IPL, which has been highly successful, uh, not just economically, but in terms of promoting cricket work worldwide. And I think adding the two new teams, as they yeah. hope to do in Gujarat, I think, and somewhere else. They're, they're, I don't think they've decided on the um, the place. Uh, I think we've heard Ahmedabad and Pune and those sort of places will be uh, in contention. Uh, I didn't mention it earlier, actually, but we've had some news that we uh, I might see Manchester United, uh, their owners, and they might invest in, in one of the teams, and we might even have Ranveer Singh um, in one. So, some people who want to be involved, obviously, um, and yeah, so that would be nice. Um, a few ideas I had before we pass over to Karthik is some form of like new rule in the playoffs, another time match, just something to make the playoffs a bit different the league stage matches uh, I can't really think of much but, but maybe we have like a, a 10 ball final over I'd also say we we need to make it mandatory that teams use the trading option so that uh, this was brought in about 3-4 years ago where teams could uh, they could trade uh, players uh, midway through the tournament and it made the competition way more interesting I mean people like Imran Tahir yes is an experienced player but, but he didn't play a single match in the UAE uh, and he's worth more than that. I think we need a few responses. I think if you look at the first night presentation uh, for the final, it was uh, 33 minutes long. Uh, we had the game changer match, we had the super striker of the match, we have the catch of the match, we have the uh, the most valuable asset of the match. Um, I can see Karthik smiling. It's um, it's it's quite it's quite frustrating really because they because they do all of that. And then they did the man of the match. So, yeah, um, we need to go back to the uh, the earpieces in people's ears because that was really nice to see what they were thinking at in the middle. And the two new teams, um, 
I'm going to get your view on this topic. Should we go for a round robin of of each team plays the, uh, the nine of the teams? I split them into two groups of five. They play amongst themselves. A round robin uh, will mean that the tournament is minimum two and a bit months long, uh, which will be more difficult in the other increasing international schedule. What do you think? I think with 10 teams, it wouldn't be ideal to have a round-robin format, as you said, with the uh, extended length of time it would take. But then, the problem with the two divisions of five different teams is, one, how you would um, create those five different teams, and if it's being held in India, would they be something regional, like yeah. uh, how it is in, I don't know if you know, but in the NBA in right. America they have mm -hmm. two different conferences so maybe something like that something else from me which I thought the IC uh, for what, which I thought the IPL could do is take some inspiration from the Big Bash with X Factor players uh, it did change up a lot of the tactics and was something new for everyone to see uh, we see it with all different sort of sports you know you have your substitutions your tactical substitutions and I think if cricket adapts something like that it would uh, it wouldn't hurt the game but I'm sure that I've heard the debate somewhere that the problem with this X-Factor thing is that the BBL only do it because the matches aren't competitive itself without these, mm. while in India the quality of cricket is so high that if they don't, if just keeping it as it is would probably still be a better option. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I have. Do you mind reminding us what the X-Factor players are? Because of course for your, I don't stay up through the night watching Big Bash matches here in the UK. Yeah, so the X Factor players are any overs between 10 and 12, I think, or 8 and 12 it was. If you see the game going towards somewhere, then the X Factor players are allowed to substitute in for another player. Right. So the player can't have had bowled more than two overs, I think, mm. and wouldn't have batted, obviously. Mm. So something like that might be interesting. Yeah. Um, let us know what you think of what... Uh, we can do it to make the IPA better next year or anything else of course you can tweet us you can email you can send us a list of message uh, lots of uh, ways to contact us we'd love to hear from you yep that's all for now and have a good week we'll see you next time